Engaging Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, welcome back to the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. I do this all the time when we have people in studio. I say, don't worry, I'll turn you on. And then we start with a very awkward silence before I'm actually on the air again. Courtney and Dave Wilson in from HGTV's Master of Flip in studio with me. I'm pretty excited, you guys. Thanks for doing this. Thanks hey. for having us. And it's masters because we're both masters. But mm. if it were master of flip, Mistress it would be me. Did yeah. I drop the S on that? Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what? It might have been a volume thing. you did turn us on. That's right. You probably got confused. Right, I did. Yes. I did. You guys aren't, but I am. I'm a little flustered already. So listen, I love these shows, all of them. Love yours, but I love them all. But the question I've always wanted to ask before we talk about why I'm talking to you two. Um, by the way, are you both Canadian? We yes. are. We're originally from Canada. Why are you in Tennessee? Well, we moved to Nashville. That wasn't the question, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> Ontario. Both of us from Ontario. Ooh, that's almost yeah. as bad. Okay. Yeah, no. he's from Ottawa, yeah. and I'm from close. I'm from all over Ontario. All right. But Kitchener. But you went to Tennessee originally, not to flip homes. For for music. Yeah, it's specifically to Nashville because I was like the country music capital of the world and I was into country music at the time. And and so, and I met him because he was on a writing vacation there. A writing vacation? Yeah, because, you know, people go to Nashville to just write. That's like a thing in Nashville. That's really. Oh, like writing music. Yeah, Yeah, writing music. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. That's how I justified it to my parents that I I thought you had a lot of thank you notes or something you (laughs) needed to get out. I was like, where do I do that? Nashville. (laughs) Uh, Here's the question I've always wanted to ask of all you guys. And I've talked to uh, some of the others from HGTV, and they all give me the same answer. And I'm expecting the same from you. But you never know. How much of this is a complete bull? That you, you know, that all you go... All, right. Really? We're that not was married. not the answer the others gave. We don't have kids. We're not married. We don't have to do houses. It's a set. I don't like, even like right. him. <laughs> well, I, my judgment is still out on that one. No, Because, the, I mean, the show has a formula. They all do, right? And the formula works. Listeners, or you're on TV. Why, uh, viewers love it, uh, as do I. So it's like, you know, we're going to go look at a couple of homes. We're going to pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to discover a couple of problems with the home and this kind of thing. But do you ever pick a home and go, this, this is not going on TV. Uh, well, yeah, but we would never film that. So we would, I mean, we would, we would always, we always see three houses at the beginning and we always pick one of those three to actually be filmed. But we do houses outside of the show occasionally that we just don't film at all. Because um, they because do not, sorry to cut you yeah, off, but that's, go what, for it. that's what I'm going to do from now on. <laughs> that's, put that's, my foot down. That's here. how the show runs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll find a house that there may not be as much profit in it, but it doesn't need as much. So it can be a good two, three week flip and, and, we don't go. Or there's just no story there, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's just like. No one eh. wants to watch that. Yeah, nobody wants to watch something boring. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, they actually, you know what? I take that back. Well, why don't we make that show, and then if it doesn't do well, we come back here and. You can- <laughs> well, I, you know, since you've opened it up to pitches, uh, here's what I think. Oh dear, here we go. Here what we about go. this? Like, you go around to cities and towns. We can start in Edmonton. You go look at a guy's basement that he finished himself, yeah. and uh, you fix it. Well, we actually have talked about doing stuff. I know, I know. It's funny you say that, though, because we actually have talked about doing a show down the road like that. We're we're just talking now, but um, it would be fun to sort of help people fix their own flips or, or... first-time flippers. I don't know. We'll see. We're right now. Right, we're we're just, in, it's a germ of an idea. It's a germ yeah, of an idea. Yeah. But right now, we're just in the middle of season three, and we are are 
barely standing. So yeah, well, we're actually sitting right. We're now. sitting right now, exactly. See, so for you reason. are barely. We are barely standing. You're both right. <laughs> Thanks, if honey. If we do your show idea, yes. we promise we'll we can promise. Can we on air? I don't gonna, know what he's about to promise. We're gonna promise we would start that show in Edmonton. <laughs> that would be fabulous. That's uh, not quite what I was looking for in terms of a commitment, but it's at least we're down the right and road it's together. Your basement. Yeah, there, that's <laughs> what somebody. we wanted. Because that is actually the problem with watching all of the shows, uh, Reno shows and uh, building shows, and uh, you know Mike Holmes and what was the one where the guy was a general contractor and uh, but he was always late. Remember that Jim. Oh, I don't know. Don't we get to, because we're in Nashville, we don't right. get the same programming sometimes. He was the best, honestly, oh, really? of them all, because he never got the job right. <laughs> um, but as you watch, you know, guys like yourself and, and your, yourself, when you're flipping the home, when you're selling the home and staging it and all that kind of thing, you really feel like you start looking back over every mistake you've ever made. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, you just wonder, so is that how you always flip them? Is it always with that care and control? And is it always, I mean, do you always make money? We all, we always, knock on wood, yep. there we go. <laughs> um, we have always made money, uh, which is crazy because most house flippers have, they have one horror story. And we definitely have some horror stories where we came pretty close. Um, they're all pretty different. And yes, there are, I mean, we use different crews. So sometimes like we have a house right now where we went to put it on the market and I was like, Mm-mm, take out the tile. It wasn't done really? correctly. Yeah, or, you know, we're repatching all this drywall that was done in the master. Whatever it is, we it's our our name at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. that she said can rip out get... the tile in a much different tone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite as calm <laughs> when I walked in there. Like and that, I'm not but... sure it made television because it was, it was really not calm. But um, <laughs> it happens all the time. And, and especially right now, Nashville's a really hot city. And there were some tragic hurricanes and weather south of us. And that's taken a lot of our crews in Nashville. So it was already hard to find crews and now they're going um, south oh, for a couple of Oh, when you said crews, I was thinking television crews. No, you were but of actually like, yeah, crews. construction yeah, crews and yeah. trades and so they're they're going so it's even harder at this very moment. We're having trades walk off left and right not because they don't want the work here but because they can take a two-year commitment right. in another state. Yeah. So it's, it can, house flipping can be a stressful business. What do you mean can be? It, it strikes me as always business. stressful. Yes, it, 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 because yeah. you're really rolling the dice, right? Every time. Yeah. We really are. And like right now we're holding 10 houses at this very moment in the middle of season three. And, and we always look at each other. We're like, oh my gosh, if the market turns or takes a Take, yeah. takes a spin, we're, we're in trouble. So it's risky business as well. You're, you're a real estate agent. I'm a real estate agent. So I don't yes. know why you're surprised by that. Well, I'm not surprised right. by it. I'm not I'm not at all surprised by it. But sometimes I'm surprised that I'm like, oh, wait, how many do we own at this very minute? <laughs> yeah. um, so Why did the credit card get to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, that's like me and cell phones. My <laughs> wife asked me that all the time. How many do you own right yeah. now? I don't know why. I collect. That's funny. We actually just we went through a drawer the other day and found like seven cell phones. Exactly. Like, how much money can we so get? They won't do what I want them to do. We spent seven hundred a piece, and we're getting five dollars when we turn <laughs> yeah. them in. I'm like, what? Uh, the question that's been burning on the minds of at least some of the staff here at Six Thirty Chet. Yeah. Uh, and I want to know who's responsible for this and why. Uh, but in the design of the homes, when you redo them, you tend to put the master bedroom on the main floor. Yes. And I've never understood why you do that. Okay, so that's actually a pretty big trend in America in general, but definitely in major metropolis, like city, major cities. Um, I've also learned in the last year that it's a growing trend in Canada. Oh. Um, starting in Toronto, you're st- starting to see a lot more master downs. Now, where we we live in particularly um, in the city, it started with um, just out of convenience having the master down and the kids up, but also um, the way that the layouts of the houses were um, designed, had, back yeah, design and, yeah. background. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had a flex space up, but 
I often, in fact, we just listed a house two days ago in Nashville, and the, the real master is up, but because I eliminated about 50% of the buyers with the master up, um, we actually did an alternative master down, an alternate master down. So Do you we know if you master. eliminate 50% of the buyers, there's 50% left that like the idea of it being up? Well, they, they do, yeah. but it's most... Math. That was my argument. Well, yeah. but what I'm saying is 50% of them won't look at the house. Oh, I see. Okay, so yeah. if the master, if they see it on the MLS sheet, on the, on the real estate sheet that the master is up, they won't even go in because they need the master down. So let's talk about that specifically then. So for an individual not necessarily flipping a house, but just taking a look at doing some renovations to their house, and I think that's part of what you're doing at the uh, home and gar- or the fall home show, what are the things that you can add to a house that actually add value? I've heard before that finishing a rec room is nice, but doesn't add value. Um, a garage, I don't know if it adds value, doesn't add value. And how cognizant do you have to be of the fact, for example, that there's a trend to put the master bedroom on the main floor as opposed to just redoing what you already have? Yeah, I, I would pay less attention to to trends, although you have to have your finger on the pulse, I definitely do your due diligence as far as where you are, like what city you're in. Because I mean, it, this what's going to work in Edmonton is not may not work in Calgary, it may not work in Nashville, and you know what works in Nashville may not work in Vancouver. So um, you really have to speak to people who are actually selling these houses, people who are appraising these houses, who can say, yes, you know what, if you finish out your basement, um, it you're going to the appraiser is going to count it at fifty percent mm-hmm. or at twenty five percent to know. But hey, if you finish your kitchen. Kitchen, uh, your kitchen and do an addition on the main floor, you're, they're going to count it at 1.5. So you just, you have to... As a, as a rule for that's been constant since the beginning of time, I think it's if you are going to live in the house, you're not doing it to flip, you're actually just mm-hmm. renovating. Kitchens and baths are where you spend your time and money. Yeah, but I would, I would, and but I agree. But they're also the scariest, though, They are right? the they scariest, are. and yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people, that's that's sort of an overwhelming process to think of, oh my gosh, I now have to, I have to spend 50 or 60 or $70,000 on those renovations. I think there are lots of ways to make money on your house, and we're actually going to talk about this tomorrow on the, at the home show, that don't cost 50 or $60,000. I will tell you, by staging a house in Nashville, I could easily make fifteen to $20,000 more, because people walk in and they are buying a lifestyle. So when you when you know that statistic, when you're looking at your own house, put a little bit of money into the furniture and the things that you're going to enjoy. You're going to take it with you when you go, but the buyer down the road is going to walk in and love this lifestyle. Hmm. So we'll, we'll be talking a lot about that tomorrow. What do you think about a hot tub in the living room? Yeah. Um, I that's think you have gone mad, but really? we can but talk about a, that later. That's been a thing, though. I've seen that the uh, hotel room started. <laughs> Get out of here. You, yeah, guys, yeah. Have, you guys have hot both tubs gone mad. In the ma- you, we were looking at hotels. That'll be part of the new show. Yes. Okay, we'll start with your living room. Mm -hmm. I'll put the hot tub in the living room. You guys move it down to the basement or outside where it's supposed to be. (laughs) We have to take a break, sell a few hot tubs here. When we come back, uh, more with Courtney and Dave Wilson. They're on a show called Masters of Flip. turning you on. There you go. All right. I've been uh, sitting and talking with Courtney and Dave Wilson, masters of flip. Um, We were talking earlier about adding value to the home. And one of the things that seems to be another trend, and then I really want to get back to the staging thing. Um, It seems to be open areas now knocking down walls. And I see it on all the shows. 
uh, your own uh, included, where they. But I worry about the structural integrity of the house. I know I don't need to because you guys are pro. <laughs> well, you can't just go in and knock a bunch <laughs> of walls down right. and be like, and call it a day. But yeah. like, hey, let's tape this up and put some drywall. I mean, no, you can't do it. Courtney has opened up. She's had this thing for opening up houses ever since the last 15 years. <laughs> Yeah. Like before it was actually popular. Before it was popular, but really? I don't even consider that a trend anymore. I think I think that's just the new way that people are building. So if you have an older house, I guess you could call it a trend to when you're rehabbing it or or um, fixing it up to take the walls down. But you, of course, have to put supports in. And I do think that that's kind of because <laughs> based on this, on this information that we have on a house that we just took on that somebody opened up a while ago we're completely gutting it to the studs it's about to fall in because somebody tried to open it yeah i mean they tried to open it up and just didn't put any supports in so so that is a thing right oh no i think people watch these things and think that we don't recess beams into the ceilings or put posts or you know well and the, the the problem is you can take a you can take a main a main load wall out and not put posts in and it won't fall down right away yeah right. it'll just start sinking it'll, it'll just start settle sinking. right yeah. and then it'll fall in yeah yeah exactly you got to be really smart about it so uh, uh, let me ask you about that because we're talking about adding value to the home is there certain things and i'm trying to think of a great example oh, i've got an example uh let's say my basement that i finished right so you know you have to light the thing right i yeah, mean there's got to be a switch lighting, and you yeah. got to light it right so you go to uh, whatever building supply store and you find out what's on sale and you put it in the middle of the room and there's the light right and then you watch one of your shows and there's recessed lighting all around the outside you're ruining my show for tomorrow sorry sorry. thanks a lot i haven't seen it i'm just predicting (laughs) um and you how hard is it to move from what you know that simple light fixture to that and how much value does it add just to have those touches it's a loaded question i I think because it can be um pretty costly to add a lot of recessed lighting. It's not the cheapest thing in the world. Um, But you are correct in assuming that it completely changes the vibe of the room when you layer your lighting and you hit, you know, task and, and ambient and you put things on dimmers. I mean, it can, ch- it changes the whole look mm-hmm. of the room. And again, it comes back to what we, we talked about was w- w- in the same regards to staging. People walk in and they say, I like it or I hate it. They don't know why exactly. So they can picture themselves they, living yeah, in this, like you said, a lifestyle. Yeah, when it's done right you're, you're bought and it's staged and the lights are on and the lamps are there. You walk in and you're like, oh my gosh, I could see myself living here. This is what I always dreamed of. But they're not at the moment going, oh, look it, they just put accent lighting, recessed lighting on the fireplace and the brick over there and that's all lit up and there are seven lamps and, you know, and they're... So I I do think it's important for people to sort of start stripping down these rooms. When you see a a show like ours um, that we basically, where we basically flip a house in 60 minutes. You Mm -hmm. guys know we don't actually flip the house in 60 (laughs) minutes. I know. So strip it down. Freeze frame that last, you know, big reveal and go, oh my gosh, look at the the accessories and the blankets and the layers to the house. What what was the worst thing that happened to you guys while on a television taping where you just went, oh, we picked the wrong house? Have you had one of those? I don't think we've had, we've picked the wrong house. Now we've been on set where we've realized, we've found in the process of filming a scene that the basement walls turn 
you know, on a 90 degree. Right. I yeah. do remember there was a house, there was a house last season where he took me in and it really, it was a real scene. And I say real scene, like I had no heads up. The entire basement was, was eaten by termites and it did uh, cost us about oh yeah. $20,000. That is one of the scariest It is because we didn't, you don't know. And, and what's funny is that they had these, it had this beautiful ash flooring, like gorgeous, oh. gorgeous ash flooring from the early 1900s. Courtney's going to cry now. Just and I know. I'm and, here for you, sister. And we wouldn't have, he pulled up a couple of boards because I was actually planning on refinishing that stuff and he pulled it up and underneath it was just rotten to the core even the wall i that was the first time it should have been torn down we 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 refinished it have you ever thought maybe we should just oh we think about it every morning yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) let's tear them all down and it would be so much easier right dave to just tear them down but that's not what we do and it and <laughs> I mean, we're doing a house right now. I just showed Dave a text where we're doing this house right now for se- season three. It's on a really big lot. And in Nashville, big lots are hard to come mm-hmm. by. It, you, we could have t- torn the house down and built eight houses and made a whole lot more money than we're about to make. Really? <laughs> Let's cry. Um, a moment <laughs> of silence. But this was a beautiful old farmhouse. And yes, I, there were a lot of investors that wanted to tear it down. But people are texting uh, saying thank you so much. I can't believe how great it looks. It would have been a shame. To it yeah, well, you had my wife Money's at uh, farmhouse. I'll tell you uh, that right now. Yeah. yeah. That's the ones. Those are the ones that she's always. We're watching this one. Oh, I yeah. think she'll love this one. It's Before pretty. we run out of time, because we're almost out of time. By the way, I should probably say you're at the Edmonton Ho- uh, Fall Home Show, uh, October twentieth, twenty first. Isn't that? Is that today? That's, That's tomorrow. tomorrow. So it's Saturday. Jeez, yeah, you guys need to get out of here. Starts today, but uh, you're there tomorrow. Uh, more information at EdmontonFallHomeShows.com. When you're looking for a home, and we were talking about staging a moment ago, I said I wanted to get back to it. Do you specifically look for a poorly presented home with the idea of getting more value or being able to buy that property a little cheaper? And, and I'm thinking about last time we bought a house. It's been a long time. We were stepping over boxes in the living room. Their light switches didn't work. Um, those are the best kind of houses. Right. Yeah. Toilet uh, was making a little noise, but all of those things easily fixable. Move the boxes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fix the toilet. Is is that the kind of thing that people do overlook when they're trying to resell? Uh, yes, they can overlook it. Um, I, I just said this to somebody the other day. I was like, the one thing that we, with seasoned eyes will look at is I may come and go into a house and say, oh, well, you know, the bathroom's not that bad. It actually, I mean, it's pretty, somebody was obviously living here. Sure, the pink tile's got to go. Yeah, the kitchen's yeah. livable. And then I'll go into a house that we have to gut to the studs. To us, it costs about the same, hmm. except for the flooring system, to do the house that that needs really needs everything. It's livable, but I have to make money on it. So if it were if if it were livable, somebody would be paying top dollar, right, you know. Yeah. So for us to change the tile, it means we're probably changing the drywall and we might as well change the toilet and the vanity while we're at it. <laughs> and the well. flooring, so we're gutting it. Yeah. And and so I think people I, I think there's more money to be made on a house that's in really, really bad shape. Having said that, I do think you're right. People walk in and they see a bathroom that eh, it's kinda dated and they go <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, just don't want right to do this. Right down to the, the do soap this. scum on yeah. the... You know yeah, what I mean? Like, you're not memorialist. even keeping that, but you're yeah. looking at it going, nah, these people are pigs. I don't yes, want to live in their yes, house. Yes. Uh, I've gone over time, and I did it because I so enjoyed this. Uh, Courtney and Dave Wilson, the show's called Masters of Flip. There's an S at the end of Master. Uh, they'll be at the Edmonton Fall Home Show. It starts today. They'll be appearing there tomorrow. For more information, edmontonfallhomeshow.com. Thank you, you guys. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Thank you.
that. Coming up on uh, 3.39, a Friday edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. I'm still going to make room to give you Roger Waters tickets or Depeche Mode uh, tickets. I've... uh, Save some time this afternoon before 6 o'clock to dig into our big blue folder of stories we didn't get to for the rest of the week. But right now, I'm joined on the line by Nadine Bailey. She's the Artistic Director for Edmonton Ghost Tours. Hey, Nadine. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. It's about this time of year I think you and I speak quite uh, quite often. But I always look forward to hearing what you're going to offer this year with Halloween just around the corner. So for those who don't know about Edmonton Ghost Tours, give us an overview. Well... Edmonton Ghost Tours is a theatrical tour that uh, we do tours all over Edmonton. Um, we do ghost tours in all Strathcona. We do University of Alberta history and haunted hikes. We also do um, haunted pub tours on Friday nights. We're doing haunted trolley tours this year, and we do medium tours. So we offer something for everybody, really, but it's, we go outside of the Halloween season as well. We offer all these tours in the summer season as well, and it's, mm. uh, it's always a, a great, fun evening of entertainment for everybody. You kind of had me at haunted pub tours. What's that one? <laughs> well, the pub tours, uh, basically, we on Friday nights, we head to two haunted pubs, and we head to one haunted hotel. We go inside these pubs. We're sitting down for about a good 45 minutes. So you can order a drink if you want or non-alcoholic. Uh, you can order an appy. And uh, we talk about the history of the building, the funny stories surrounding that building. But we also talk about the murders, the mysteries, the hauntings that do encompass that particular building and its history. Hmm. So it's always, a, it's always a great evening of entertainment. And how many people typically go on one of these tours? I suppose it depends on the type of tour. Walking tours would be different, I guess, than a pub crawl. I shouldn't call it a pub crawl, but that does sound like a great idea. Um, are they big groups? You know what? I, I've always said that I never know how many people are going to show up, but, uh, you know, I can have two people, I can have 52. So um, it's always a surprise to me. Now, with uh, the pub tours, uh, as we said, where they're not crawls, they're pub tours. Yes, I'm you're, sorry. You're I shouldn't have called them pub crawls. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. You're not meant to go get sloshed or anything, but <laughs> it's meant to be have a fun evening. It always is a fun evening. Uh, but that is something you have to book in advance, and we do cap that at 40 because, you know, we don't want to overwhelm the pubs. Um, but it is capped at 40, and it sells out every Friday night, so it's always a big hit. How did you get into these tours in the first place? You know what? It's, it's an interesting story. I, I actually had started off in a, with a commerce degree in university, and my background was in theater, was in acting, was in writing. And uh, um, once I continued to work in the theater field for many years in Newfoundland, where I'm from, and when we moved out here to Edmonton, uh, I just continued to work. Um, but I really wanted to start my own business, but I wanted to have something different and unique. And I realized that we didn't have a, have a ghost store, so I started one. And that, it's really just expanded over the years and there's so many different tours and so many different opportunities where I've been able to go back into the acting field and I do a lot of commercials and acting and voice work still to this day. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a great little career to have. Sure, one, uh, one additional poker in the fire. So when people, <laughs> when, when people go on these sort of tours, and I've, I've not done them in Edmonton, but I have recently done them in, uh, or done one in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, and a pretty cool, pretty haunted city. Of course, ours Very. is pretty haunted too. Um, but there are, you know, there's a difference between a um, a ghost tour and a ghost hunt. So, uh-huh. for these tours, as you just mentioned, you're going to give the background, uh, the grisly events that possibly led to the haunting, that sort of thing. Um, but are you always pointing out a place that has had um, 
witness accounts of a haunting, or are you simply talking about grisly events in the building? We're talking about both. So we're talking about, you know, what has happened in the building, but we're also talking about people's personal first-hand encounters, what people have experienced in those buildings as well. So it's really it's really a combination of both. Um, you do have people who are interested in, in, you know, doing that ghost hunting thing, which is great. Um, and when you come on the tour, you, you can you can find these spots where a lot of activity is. And uh, just actually to address that, that ghost hunting side of it, next year we will be offering a ghost hunting tour, I call it Ghost Hunting 101, uh, and that's going to be working uh, happening next year. So we'll be able to tap into those people who want to do those sorts of events as well. Well, you can pencil me in at the top of the list for that. <laughs> My wife and I will need two spots, happy to pay, uh, but we want to do it. You sort of have to go into one of those, and I know that's not what we're talking about today, but just looking ahead to next year, you have to go into one of those with a great deal of patience. It's not like a 60-minute uh, show on television where the first event happens within seconds of the credits rolling or anything like that. No, I mean, I, I know people who work on those shows, and it takes, you know, days and days of filming to get, you know, 30 seconds of a film. But it is something that people are interested in. So I'm actually partnering partnering with a paranormal group next year, and we're going to be offering these sorts of tours where we're going to be going into certain locations and using that equipment mm. um, to learn how to do it, because people are interested in that. And, you know, if you if you build it, they will come. So if you offer something like that, people definitely are always interested in doing it. I'll bet they will be. I'm serious about wanting to do it. Uh, you mentioned Medium Tour. What is that? Well, a Medium Tour is, uh, again, we I, I set you up with a local medium, a friend of mine, Anna Fastman. She's a psychic here in Edmonton. And she takes you on a walk throughout Old Strathcona. You hit some of those hot spots that we know are very active with, with paranormal activity that we do talk about on the tour. And you learn about your sixth sense. You learn about your aura. And you also learn how to use pendulums and you learn how to use dowsing rods. Mm. So it's another, again, a different take on the ghost tour. It's something completely different with a medium. Um, but again, another really big hit with people. Uh, there's one tonight and it's already sold out. So um, it's something that people like to do, especially during the Halloween season. Season And Anna Fassman, the local medium, the psychic, she's, she's really wonderful. And I've worked with her for years. And, uh, you know, the stuff she tells me even freaks me out sometimes. So she's really good. <laughs> cool. Now, you said it's sold out tonight. You mentioned uh, the pub uh, tour is often capped at 40. But these others, you said you're never sure how many are coming. So is it just a show-up kind of situation for a lot of the walking tours? Yeah. So the walking tours in Old Strathcona and for the University of Alberta, again, you can just show up and uh, you can pay at the event. But I always tell people just to head to our website, edmontonghosttours.com, and you can check out all the tours we offer, the prices of each tour, and how to how to book for each tour. Now, for next Friday night, actually, we're actually going to be offering a second pub tour at around 9.30. So that will be posted on the website here pretty soon so we can, uh, you know, get those other people in or her looking to do something next sounds, Friday night. Uh, sounds good. Nadine uh, Bailey, producer and artistic director for Edmonton Ghost Tours. The website, Edmonton Ghost Tours.com. That means you have two T's next to each other in your website address, right? <laughs> Always trying to confuse people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Nadine. Best of uh, luck with it this uh, season and throughout the year. And we'll probably talk again next year. You will. Thank you so much, Andrew. All right, you too. Welcome back to the 6.30, Chad. Afternoon news coming up on uh, 3.50. Man, 
I have talked to a lot of people today. Adam Sweet, the uh, Chief of Staff, Edmonton Economic Development Corporation, kicked off the show. Dave Dryden about sleeping children around the world on levers. Uh, Loot for the Taken is his book. And then Courtney and Dave Wilson. Man, God, they were so much fun to have in studio. And uh, just now, Nadine Bailey, the producer, artistic director for Edmonton Ghosts Tours. I'll tell you the guy I didn't get. Sit off the top of the show, put it out there that I wanted to book a bunch of guests, saw a story, thought, need to talk to this guy. Couldn't get this guy. He's a reporter um, for the Richmond News. So while we're still sort of thinking about Halloween as a result of our conversation with Nadine, um, thought I'd just bring you the story. So it's kind of a weird one. There's a farmer in uh, Richmond, B.C. And, and you know, I'm, I wanted to know from those of you out there who work farms, own farms, work the land, if this has been a problem for you at all, either this season or in previous seasons, and regardless if it's not pumpkins we're talking about. But here's the problem this farmer in Richmond, B.C. has. He says cars have been driving out from Richmond, because Richmond, if you're familiar with uh, the city, um, it's sort of, you're in the city and then you're not, right? Like, at the city limits, farmland begins. So it's pretty easy for folks who live uh, in Richmond to make their way out to a farm. So in the past, I guess it's been an issue, a bit of an issue, uh, that people come out and they park their cars and they see the farm as a tourist attraction, kind of. You know, they jump the fence and take pictures and, you know, pet the cows and whatever. And, you know, farmers have to nicely tell them to go away. Um, To the point where BC, the city of uh, Richmond, had to actually launch a program called Respect Our Our Farmers. And it's a sort of a public service, uh, you know, announcement kind of dealy where they try and teach city folk um, that these are actually people's property, they're working farms, and that you don't have any kind of a right to just sort of jump the fence or just park your cars along the dirt road and take your pictures and block traffic and whatever else. But this one is a whole different situation. So here's what happened. This farmer uh, in Richmond, B.C. says that people have been stealing his pumpkins. So I guess they've been hopping the fence, grabbing a pumpkin, jumping in the car and leaving. Um, Now, I've not bought a pumpkin personally in some years, but I don't remember the last time I did it being very expensive. It didn't seem to me that it was like, well, you know, it's either that or eat, you know, this weekend. I think they're pretty reasonably priced, especially this time of year, of course. But this guy, here's the, he's he's got a problem with that. But the bigger problem, and I get where he's coming from on this, is the cars that are pulling over. So he says, these are like high-end cars, like $100,000, $120,000 cars that are driving out. Beautiful, beautiful cars that, you know, he can't afford. Jump at the fence, grabbing his pumpkins, and he's talked to the, some of them. Like he's, you know, hung out there like I would behind a tree or, or whatever and waited for somebody to come. And he's actually talked to them and, like, hey, what are you doing? And everyone plays dumb, like, oh, I thought they were free or, you know, I didn't know you couldn't just pick a pumpkin or whatever. Um, but it's gotten so bad that he he put up cameras, he put up signs, and now he's at his own expense, $1,600, he says. He's rented or borrowed. Um, a security fence just to keep people off his property. So it's just a weird story and one of those what's wrong with people stories. But I did wonder if the farmers and, uh, you know, the country folk uh, who listen to this station, I know there's a lot of you, if you've had similar situations like that or that's been a problem before, but let me know at 630, 630. And still, while on the topic, 
of Halloween, and then I'll get off at a, coming up after four because these two stories are from my big blue folder of stories. You know, on Fridays, I like to get to those, the ones we didn't get to. And I almost uh, don't want to comment on this. I'm just going to tell you what happened. You can draw whatever conclusion you would like to. But I think if you listen to the show every day, you know where I stand on these kind of things. There's an elementary school in Walpole, Massachusetts, which, by the way, America has some great names for towns. Uh, Walpole, Massachusetts, the Boyden Elementary School. And they decided they can no longer hold their annual Halloween costume parade this year. And in a memo to parents, you remember Jay and I were talking about this the other day, a school in Ontario was like, oh, let's take a look. If it you know, can't be this, can't be that. And the conversation between Jay and I actually got kind of a little heated over it. Um, so, of course, I waited till she was gone to tell you about this. Boyden Elementary School, they're, they're not holding their Halloween costume parade this year, saying in a memo, quote, it's not inclusive of all students. So they're canceling it. Now, listen, it's an elementary school in... Walpole, Massachusetts, why do I care? Because this is, if you want to see, if you want to look into the future and see what political correctness, stupidity looks like, it's this. If it had ended there, if the story just was, it's not inclusive, we're getting rid of the costume parade, boom, wouldn't even be talking to you about it. But what they did was, they followed it up with a memo saying, okay, so instead of the uh, costume Halloween costume parade this year, which is not inclusive and we're canceling, we're going to hold a black and orange spirit day. A black and orange spirit day. So, okay. So we're Halloween's not inclusive, so we're having a black and orange spirit day. There it is. That solves the problem right there. Just it's Halloween without the fun stuff. It's black and orange spirit day. And I don't know if spirit, by the way, refers to those who have passed on and are now spirits or if it's like, hey, let's all, you know, get excited about wearing black and orange. Um, And did want to mention this to you as well, along the same lines, again, from my big blue folder of stories we didn't get to. Remember Starbucks and their holiday cups? And there was that controversy a couple of years ago. And it's like, you know, whatever. Um... So they've announced what their holiday cups will look like, and some may be in stores already, and some of you will be pleased to learn, and others of you outraged, um, that Starbucks is going to have Christmas trees um, on their holiday cups. Their holiday cups, or at least one version of them, will have a Christmas tree on them this year. So they're not going to have like the drawings that we don't really understand what they are in red and black or whatever. There's actually going to be a Christmas tree on there. So... Let the complaining on social media begin.